BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, thank you for joining us for another edition of Rookie and the Vet podcast. I'm going to take a little bit of a break today from Illini sports. Things still... In the off season, mm-hmm. training camp has started for football. Basketball is currently still over in Spain for their little road trip. Um, did look like they played good in their first game against the Madrid All Stars. They did have another game today too. Actually, it was actually okay. streamed. They ended up streaming this game. Well, how they do? They won. I think we'll it was like on one hundred five really to sixty against Valencia. Um, they put up triple digits? Mm-hmm. All right. Don't quote me on 105. I know it was around there. I'm pretty sure okay. I saw they went double digits. but Or triple digits. But, yeah. So just thought I'd throw that in. Crazy. Yeah. All right. So, I, don't so, know, I, maybe, I gotta see the box score. Yeah. I'm curious to see how that is. Maybe a sign of things to come for basketball. Hopefully. We'll have to get into that once they come back. Mm-hmm. And we'll do another edition of it. Um, but with all the shakeups going on in... College football is kind of the big talking point, Mm -hmm. but this is also going to have a trickle-down effect to some of those other sports like basketball, soccer, you know, baseball. Um, But Big Ten, we knew USC, UCLA are coming over. Now we find out Oregon and Washington are Mm -hmm. coming over. So it's the Big 18 and... I mean, I have. I already know my thought. What are your initial thoughts on on them adding these West Coast yeah. schools? I mean, the first thing that kind of shocked me is that it's going to be so soon. Right. Like it's coming next year. Yeah. Like you, I, I. Usually, it's a couple years. Yeah. I mean, USC, down the road. USC and, uh, they had it going last year. They yep. were like, all right, twenty twenty four. Two years advance. And now they're just like, yeah. all right, you guys are. In yeah. now, all of a sudden. But Oregon, I don't know how Oregon and Washington, like, legally got out of the Big 12, how they're getting out of the Pac-12. Because I, I know media rights is a huge reason why so many schools have to stay in their conference. So I was surprised to see there was just a one-year turnaround and they're coming right. next year. But in terms of the realignment, I mean, it's it's a money thing. And it feels, in my, I, I love, I, I think I like realignment, but at the same time, Look, you have to look at all the school or all the sports that aren't football and how it's affecting them as well, and that's not what they're doing. This right. is all football decision, 
And, like, I've been seeing so many, you know, softball players come out from the Pac-12, and they're, like, from, like, Arizona State and whatnot, some of the other schools, and they're talking, like, oh, I picked this school for a reason. It's close to my family. All our games will be around there. Right. So many Pac-12 teams in the, in the California. And they're, like, now what? what is my family supposed to do, travel across the United States to go to Rutgers or, sure. like, over here to Illinois and – because, yeah, it, Arizona and Arizona State are now going mm-hmm. to the Big 12. And Utah. And Utah. Yep. And so the Big 12 is – and now Colorado is talking about going to the Big 12 too. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be oh, they're like, already – they're already set. Right, the Big yep. 16 and it's – Yeah, but that's the thing I kind of feel bad for is, uh, you know, the people that kind of made that decision because of being close to family. Right. And family being able to travel to games and now it's kind of – taking that away from them that's true i never really thought about that so that is a very good point Mm -hmm. um i was gonna say before the oregon washington announcement of the big 10 was colorado talking about going over to the big 12 Mm -hmm. and i mean i kind of saw that as a no-brainer for colorado because hypothetically speaking if oregon washington usc ucla never left the pack Colorado is an irrelevant school. Mm-hmm. Deion Sanders and his squad is never going to be in that top four. I mean, even Utah has been a pretty dominant program yeah, here. they've been doing well. I mean, you'd have to put Colorado down there with the Arizonas and the Arizona State mm-hmm. and yeah. all that. So, I mean, it made sense for them to go to the Big 12 with Texas, Oklahoma leaving. I mean, their competition is essentially... Kansas, Iowa State, Baylor, TCU. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna be a I forget. Pack. I'm blanking. I mean, on yeah, you have the Arizona, the other... Arizona State. Uh, I'm trying to remember who else. In terms of the Big Twelve, there's a lot of good schools in the Big Twelve. The thing is with the Big Twelve is a lot of those schools are aren't as spread out as the Big Ten now. Right. Where they added in Arizona, which is already close enough to many of the. Big Ten or the Big Twelve schools, given Texas, Texas is right there. You have like some of those regions, so they're not traveling as far. But the Big Ten seems like it's just continuing to spread out. Like I think Rutgers is already Rutgers and Penn State are a little bit already a reach. It feels like well, definitely Maryland. Right, Maryland's just kind of down the coast, but now you're adding. Literally, we're coast to coast at this point, and that's going to be every conference soon. Yeah, I mean, other than I guess the SEC, but who's to say they're not going to add? Somebody from the West Coast as well. Um, that just doesn't. It, and it just doesn't make. Then the name of your conference doesn't make sense anymore. That, that's the thing with the Atlantic Coastal Conference. Yes. One, if they add these names, which are being talked about with Stanford and Cal, at this point, I don't see it not happening, unless the Pac-12 does something big to keep their conference alive. But then you have to change it because it's not the Atlantic Coastal Conference anymore. Right. It's the Atlantic Coastal Conference and the Pacific Coastal Conference. Like it just doesn't make sense. Right. And then you had Notre Dame, who's kind of in the Midwest. Well, yeah, and Notre Dame is in the ACC for mm-hmm. everything except for football. They've been independent mm-hmm. for God knows how long, probably since that school was mm-hmm. established, and they kind of just have kept up with that tradition, um, which I do think has benefited them in the past. You know, they get to play yeah. a lot of these you know, usually they're playing a top twenty-five. Oh yeah, they have a lot of schedule top schedules every year. I mean, they get to go and play some really cool schools. 
they get some nice big schools mm-hmm. coming in to play them. And thinking about it, like, the amount they can gain by joining a conference in terms of media rights, you're going to make so much money. I think they have a deal with NBC. I might be wrong. But still, I mean, it'd be, moving into a conference for them is... I don't know why it hasn't happened at this point. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's inevitable they're going to join the ACC. At this point, if you're not a part of one of the Power Four schools, what are you doing? Right. Like, if you're a big school like Notre Dame, you're going to fall behind. Right. And I know lacrosse, they've pretty much historically been in the ACC mm-hmm. um, at least for about the last decade or so. Um but, I mean, their lacrosse program has turned into a pretty big powerhouse. They just won the national championship. Um, years back, they were runners-up against Duke in the national championship, and this year was kind of a rematch of that. Um, but definitely it seems like the ACC, since every other – one of your sports is in the ACC conference, except for hockey and football. Mm-hmm. Hockey, they're in the Big Ten, but I think that's only because there is no hockey in, or at least there's no NCAA just, hockey I, I, in the ACC. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how the ACC hockey works. I know Boston College obviously has a hockey team in their predominantly their ACC school, but I don't think there's many schools in the ACC that have a hockey team. No, but when you're so independent, there's Boston College. That's probably the only one I can actually think, think of because there's nothing in Virginia, the Carolinas. I know Syracuse doesn't nothing have down one. in Florida. I don't think Pittsburgh has one. Um, so you, I mean, you kind of have to. I mean, college hockey pretty much revolves around the Big Ten. Yeah. And then you have I don't know how many schools over in Minnesota. Yep. The every random. Every other, every other city with a, you know, mm. a pretty good four-year college has a dominant hockey program mm. in Minnesota. Yeah, um, but I mean, speaking of brought up the Big Ten, Big Ten, the big question is how is this going to work in terms of their alignment? They just finally, like a month ago, came out with how the scheduling is going to work going right. forward with pop, with the little uh, what's called rivalry games. But now you're adding two schools, and technically four in all. Are they going to split into three separate divisions? Are they just kind of going to stick, yeah. stick with what they have going forward with the rivalry games? And no divisions, and the top two teams end up in the uh, Big Ten championship game. I don't know. I think you should split it into three. I think so, so that too. Everybody's not traveling from New Jersey to California, right? To Illinois. And, and we talked about that the other day. Was you know they just did away with Big Ten East, Big Ten West, mm-hmm. and now it seems like you almost have to go back to a East West and like a Central division mm-hmm. essentially. And I wouldn't um, even be surprised if the if the Big Ten adds, like, two more schools to get it to 20. But the question is, will it be on the West Coast? Will it be something closer? So at that point, then I think you might have to. Well, the thing is, I guess with 18, you have a perfect 6-6 six, six, um, Illuminati. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you have six in that could be, like, Pacific. Sure. Six that could be a Midwest. And six that could be kind of an East Coast yep. in three divisions. But... I don't know. That'd be a great question to ask the commissioner. Because who would? I mean, granted, you'd put all those pack teams in yep. the West, and then you'd probably add Nebraska and maybe like a Minnesota. Yeah, that's essentially maybe what I was thinking. Iowa. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other ones over there, and then I was. It, it, it's you'd a pr- you'd have to find the good dividing line, yeah. but I say Iowa would have to be in the central. You'd probably go Minnesota. So Minnesota, Nebraska. 
y'all are over there. Mm-hmm. But then where do you split kind of that East Coast region? Because uh, it's got to be Maryland, Rutgers, Penn State. You probably throw in Ohio State. Um, yeah. And then you probably have to split up Michigan and Michigan State, which wouldn't make much sense. But in terms of how many teams, I don't know. I, I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe I, throw Indiana over that yeah, way or something. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. It's it'll be, it'll be interesting. I mean, basketball doesn't matter at the end of the day. I mean, not many – you don't really see – Many divisions is within basketball. It's just football because there's not as many games. And then also the championship, which is a big thing. But I don't know how you do that with three, though, because would you take two of the division champions? Like, how would that work? That's where I'm I would like, say you'd almost have to do like a four team playoff could, for yeah. a Big Ten championship. And that would weights. make it, I think that would make it a little bit more exciting, too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not as many, not uh, that many weeks in the year, especially when they start. Right. Especially when they start the college football playoffs. It was that next year, or in two years, and that's that moves gonna, it to what, twelve teams? It could be. It's either like twelve or sixteen. It, but it might be twelve because there's four. I think there's like four buys. Yeah, that sounds about right. But the thing is, how is that going to work now? Because they're supposed to be all these different conferences having like an automatic bid. And then a basically a second place bid, and then you have kind of those at large bids. But every team is going to be in the power four. So what are you going to do? Like f- three teams per power four conference? I mean, it's essentially going to be SEC, Big Ten, ACC, and the Big Twelve. Yeah, basically. I mean, is the Pac twelve? Do you think just going to be? non-existent anymore i i think they could join forces with mountain west i think that's what it might end up being or they just i don't know that the pac-12 is such a powerful con was such a powerful it was the conference of champions and then what happens with the rose bowl and i don't know because mountain west has a good football it's a good football conference decent at basketball i mean you got like boise state who has a good historical resume i mean yeah they've been relevant for a long time um, I don't. They don't have enough teams left. That's what I don't know. Do they just buy them out? Is that where BYU's at mm-hmm, for okay. basketball? Because I think I don't. Are they independent for football? Mm-hmm. I can't. Remember. I feel like them and Notre Dame are used to be like the big independent schools. But yeah, they have Boise State. I mean, I think Fresno State, maybe Colorado State. Uh, I'm trying to think who else would be a part of that. San Jose State, Wyoming, Wyoming, yeah. So you have some decent football schools, but it's not Pac-12 level, obviously. But obviously, at this point, Pac-12 level is standards going going to go down. I mean, especially yeah. when they're, they're not going to keep Stanford. They're not going to keep Cal. I think there's one more school after that. There been there's four total um, left in the Pac-12. So you got Oregon State, Oregon State, Washington State, yep, Stanford, Stanford Cal. Cal. Oregon State's going to join somewhere else. Could be the Big 12, but I still think that's a far ways away. Right. Um, I, I can see Washington State kind of going Mountain West because they're not really – they had their good years, especially um, Gardner Minshew was at uh, Washington State. Yeah. But I, I don't know. There's not there's not much to be done with what's left of the Pac-12. Right. Because I, I think Stanford and Cal at this point are going to join the ACC, which makes no sense. Right. Like we said, but I don't, I don't know. Then I think you have to keep ACC, but you'd have to call it 
the All Coast Conference. Yeah. At least then you could keep your logos. Um, you Honestly, like, you could definitely do that. I mean, yeah. Because I don't think you'd call it, like, Pacific Atlantic Coast Conference. The PCC, no. the PAC. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah. But I, I, I think... As we're kind of on the ACC, as we're jumping around a little bit with conferences, I really think – I don't think it makes sense for football, but everything else that makes sense is the ACC adding a school like UConn, going out and getting that. I think yeah. sooner or later the Big East is going to crumble. You're going to see it kind of go its separate well, ways. the Big East crumbled – A long time ago. Yeah. yeah. When Syracuse, Pitt, and Maryland, West Virginia left. Or not – yeah. I mean, you yeah. had UConn, Villanova – Georgetown, like Syracuse the Big East had really was, good years. yeah, the Big East was very dominant in basketball yeah. years and years ago. Then that fell apart. Ways. Nobody's really seeing with the thing that's happening right now is nobody, and I feel like it's mainly kind of the younger generation. Nobody seems to remember the same thing happened with the Big East mm-hmm. years back, like the Big East, and I think there was even a thirty for thirty on it. Um, well, then it kind of split into the Big East and the American. Right. And the American conference. came out of nowhere. Yep. And so... I think you, I think UConn would be a big ad for the ACC. I think they should go out and get it. I don't think Villanova will make much sense because I think ACC requires a football team. I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive ACC requires a football team because there's certain conferences that will require... I know when Syracuse joined the ACC, a big requirement was baseball, but they didn't end up getting it. Um, I don't know what happened there, but AC. I mean, you can't. What what what's ACC without football? Right. But um, if you add a sport, if you oh, add a men's sorry, sport, you know what? then you have to add a women's. Cor- sport. I I apologize. That was bad on my part. Villanova has a football team. Yeah, they do. I'm wrong. And funny enough, I say that because I don't know how I blanked. My mom grew up with Villanova head football coach, so that that's my bad for forgetting that. So I mean, it could work, but they're both UConn and Villanova are both. What they used to call D one double A. Yeah. Um. I think it's what FCS F because not FBS. FBS is the where Alabama and all them are right. So FCS where you play for with like South Dakota State and all sure. them. That's what um, Eastern Illinois is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. so I mean, it could work. I guess. I I just think the ACC needs to add because they're somebody who, if I had to guess, they're gonna lose teams. Like Florida State, I think is good as gone from the ACC, where they could go join the SEC. I think that's inevitable at this point. I think point. SEC also needs to give the boot to There's some schools. Missouri. Yeah. I think Missouri's done. I read you could see Texas A&M leave and join the Big 12. Like that's something to keep an eye on. I know also I've seen to keep an eye on SMU and the American yep. to join the ACC or the Big 12, but I'm pretty sure their media rights is like really tight that it's hard for them to leave the American. Um but I don't know. Like there's ACC is going to be an interesting one to keep an eye out on because they are. Go- I think they're going to lose schools like Florida State, maybe North Carolina, Virginia Tech's been thrown around in there, and then what? What happens with the rest of them? But ACC is yeah. a team, or like conference in basketball, it's always dominant, right? So it, it it's it's just football. Like football's the big deciding factor. It seems like right. And so I've seen. One of the big topics of conversation has been travel mm-hmm. and essentially the 
the stress being put on a student athlete. And I wanted yeah. to get your take on this and just kind of see what your thoughts were. But let's say you're a football player at USC or UCLA, and we're going to use the Big Ten as an example because it's already a done deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say you're going to play Rutgers. That's the farthest one I can possibly think of right mm-hmm. now. Let's say you're going to play Rutgers or Maryland all the way on the coast. Like, typically games are on Saturdays. Sometimes they're on Fridays. Um, sometimes they're even on a Thursday. Um do you think this is going to add more stress to their academic life or something that in my counterpoint would be that I don't think it really would because just a lot of these big programs have, mm-hmm. you know, oh, what's the word I'm looking like for? A tutor? Yeah, kind of like, like a tutor. A traveling. Like or, yeah, something like support. that. Um, do you think it's going to add stress on that student athlete or do you think, I mean, they're so used to doing all this traveling anyway Mm -hmm. that it's really not going to make too big of a difference on their academics? Yeah. I mean, it might. Um, I think if you're in football, you're in, you're in good hands. You got all the support in the world, but if you're somebody maybe on a softball or baseball team or say, I don't know, a lacrosse team where it's not the most supported where you don't have this ongoing list of support staff members that are traveling as like tutors and stuff like that. Cause I do know football and basketball for the most part do like have those kind of things. Okay. But if you're in a sport like that and also playing those, some of those teams play 40, 50 games a year for baseball and like right. softball. I know lacrosse probably like 20 or something, but like that's a lot of time on the road. Like some people, everybody learns different. Some people need to be in the classroom kind of hearing directly from a professor then breaking down everything. But if you're with a support person or maybe watching the classes on like a Zoom or something, it's definitely different. I, I'm i sure it'll be a little bit of both. Um, just everybody's kind of different with their style of learning and whatnot. I, I, I think it's going to have an effect on students though. I just, I just feel like whether it's mentally, physically with nonstop travel, like that's – what a five and a half hour flight probably from California to New Jersey for like Rutgers, maybe Something six, probably like six that. hours, probably longer. You might have a layover. Who knows? It's just, I don't know. I'm sure there's going to be studies once this kind of gets in the works. Yeah. But it's, it's a lot of travel. It's a lot. Of travel. And you're going to see schools come together and uh, what's the word? Like joint traveling where they'll rent a plane and say UCLA, USC will come to Illinois, and in that trip to Illinois, uh, USC will take on Illinois and let's say like baseball on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then they'll go up to Northwestern and take on Northwestern uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But in the sure. meantime, I said US, USC, so then UCLA would. I'm just trying to say like they'll flip flop who okay. they're playing and do the the road trip on the same time to reduce costs, reduce travel back and forth and stuff. Which, I mean, you'll see, probably see that in basketball, too. you also probably see the men's teams and women's teams playing the same teams at the same time. And then they'll also go up the road, take on, say, like UCLA or whatever, since they're close in the L.A. range. Yep. Um, but I, I, I personally think at the end of the day it's going to have an effect on you know the student, their health, their physical, and their education. But I don't know. I'm not 
an athlete. I don't know that grind, what's right. happening, how long your practices are. But I can only imagine it's it's going to be tough. Yeah. But okay. Know. Yeah, I just wanted to get your take yeah, on it. Yeah, I don't know. I definitely thought it was something interesting. But again, like, I mean, some of these teams go and play Hawaii, which mm-hmm. even from California is a six-hour flight. Yep. So, I mean, I can't imagine anything even cross-continental wouldn't be just as much of a stressor mm-hmm. as, I mean, if you are in, like, a plain state, a southern state, or Midwest state, mm-hmm. and you're going over to play Hawaii or something like that. I'll also but, say, other than probably football and basketball, you're flying commercial for the most part. Yeah. Like, with football and basketball, you're flying private. Most of the time, it depends. I know Illinois flies their own private plane. Um, but that being in the airport, sitting there, um, who knows how comfortable your day is. I know I get drained whenever I'm traveling from here to New York. So yeah, going from West coast to East coast can't be easy. Right. Jet lag, all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And you might, you might see that. I mean, the thing is at the end of the day, it's, it's done all the time. Like, um, it's just, I guess a matter of every week. Yeah. With those West Coast teams coming over here. Because, I mean, Illinois goes over to Vegas. They go over to New York City or, like, a team from California goes to New York City and they're traveling. But, yeah, now it's going to be, like, every other week, every week. Yeah. For these schools. But. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean. I think the big question, what happens to these small schools like in the mid-major schools do we see them start joining the lower end big like say like the american conference maybe some of them join make a new conference and and then does it kind of split into like a professional league at this point like when did when is that coming like even the big Ten commissioner talked about at media days like the point where soon they might be just playing payer paying players in general so Besides I mean, just NIL. Yeah, where these conferences sooner or later just might form a league at this point. Like, who knows? It's just, it, it's a different la- landscape than what it was right. years ago. And then you had NIL into it and the transfer portal. It's a chaotic time right. to be a college athlete or college coach. Absolutely. And then with all the realignments, just everybody's being thrown around. But at this point, you can leave after one year, pretty much, with the transfer portal. So. Right. It makes it even crazier. I don't know. Definitely going to be interesting. It is exciting, mm-hmm. but also there's a lot of unknowns still, and I guess we'll see. Because, I mean, we really haven't seen anything quite like this happen. Um, yeah. But 2024, 2025 is it definitely. It all goes down. Yeah. Didn't even mention Texas or Oklahoma, I don't think. I mean, they're joining SEC in 2024 as well. I mean, I think that's just going to be a rude Rude awakening for those two schools. I mean, it could be, but I mean... I mean, you're going to play Bama, LSU, Georgia, yeah. freaking But also, Auburn. with that being said, not a single one of those schools you just named is probably going to have a better quarterback than what Texas will have in Arch Manning. So that's something that... I meant mainly Oklahoma. Oh, just oh Oklahoma. <laughs> I mean, who knows, yeah. Because they, they never did well in those I mean, Texas is... I think it was last year... Texas almost took down Alabama in that mm-hmm. first game of the year. With Kent Quinn Ewers, too. Yeah. But with Arch Manning, I mean, they're going to be good. I mean, and, and they got a really good commit wide receiver. Um, came with Arch, who was a top-end five-star. 
So they might be somebody who can compete in the SEC. Who knows? Especially once this uh, playoff comes around, there's more teams. Like anything can happen in those college football playoffs. Yeah. Which is going to make things exciting. I definitely think Texas will be able to hold their own, yeah, a little bit better Mm -hmm. than Oklahoma. Especially basketball, too. Yeah. Texas, they have pretty good rosters. I mean, it'd be different next year, but right now they're a pretty good team. Right. Illinois beat them, though. I think, right? Yeah, in New York City. I don't remember. It's a big win for them. But, I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm excited to see some of this realignment. I mean, it's... From an outside perspective, it's fun to see all these teams move around. It's just like a player when they get traded kind of thing. Sure. Which kind of excites me. I always love the movement. But from somebody inside playing, it's uh, it's different. And they've right. I've seen all their opinions on social media, and I kind of feel for them. Um, because what I mean, how much? What are we to kind of say from the outside? It doesn't affect us, right? Or it affects all these players. So. We'll see what happens. Gives us more opportunities to cover some of these other Mm -hmm. schools, though. Yeah, be curious. And speaking of that, kind of, like, the times for fans to watch these games. Like, the Pac-12 is known for having 7 o'clock kickoffs on the West Coast. And if that's 7 o'clock kickoffs in California, it's going to be 10 o'clock here. Or, no, it'll be 9 o'clock here for Illinois fans. Like, that's not fun. If you're, I mean, I guess it could be. Like usually a, my wife falls asleep on the couch. Mm-hmm. I stay up. Yeah. And I'm watching those games but usually like, so, every people, Saturday. Some people aren't staying up those late late, late nights. So I'd be curious to see how that changes. I mean, especially now that there's four teams from the West Coast. And, I mean, you can, if you're a team in New Jersey or on in that, uh, where am I blanking? I'm from the, east, the Eastern. Uh, Time zone. Yeah. I was blanking. It's been a while. Um, but if you're even there, that's another hour you add on. I mean, right? That's a ten o'clock start for a seven o'clock game in California. So that's another thing to think about. The diehards there. will do it. Oh, hundred percent, they'll do it. But, it's pointless to DVR, mm-hmm. you know, a football game, especially yeah. if you're gonna. I mean, unless you really absolutely want to watch it, do. it was a great game. Some people but do. Otherwise, I mean, just check the box score yeah. when you wake up. I will say the bars, I'm sure, will love it, and restaurants, kind of those late night. Yeah. You get a lot of people out for those, but still, some people can't stay up that late. They get tired. They got to work in the morning. Drink a lot of coffee. I know. That's your pregame warm-up. I know, literally. Four coffees. There's, there's so many different things like that, kind of like on that line where, like, there's a lot of small things you're not going to realize are going to be different until it happens. Until, like, these teams start playing and you got those later night games or kind of whatever. Really. And I'll bring one more aspect into it for you since I'm a weather guy. Mm-hmm. USC, UCLA, Ohio State, Michigan in, mm-hmm. say, December. Yep. They do not play in those kind of Which conditions. Which could be a good thing. Nowhere on the West Coast do you get, Yep. you know, last year, I think one of the craziest games was, what were those wins, like 30 miles an hour? Where Is they, that for, what, for Purdue? Or? I think. Could have been. I remember one of those games at the end of the year was, one, freezing, two, extremely windy. It was well, I remember the one game where it was super windy where they couldn't, they were having trouble. Yeah, that like, was with probably field Purdue. goals. But then oh, again, oh, let's throw cold. Let's throw snow into the mix. Mm-hmm. Like I think that was Michigan State. I remember they missed a field goal and then just was like scared to do it. 
and changed the whole game. That was it. Yeah, I, I do remember that. Yo, it, I didn't even think about it. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, these things you're not thinking about, you're gonna we're going to realize in a year when the time comes. Because, no, USC and UCLA are probably not used to playing in those snowy conditions. Unless you go up right. to, like, probably Washington, I assume it kind of gets hits. I don't know how the weather is there. Not really snowy. Yeah. Rainy. It's Seattle. I mean, yeah. for University of Washington. Yeah. I mean, definitely rainy. Definitely, I mean, we'll say cold for them, but, I mean, it's... In the 50s. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's mild for Mm -hmm. the Midwest. But, yeah, you're taking a team that's play play practice in 60s, 70s, around the fall and wintertime, and you're throwing them into the Midwest. And, I mean, let's talk wind chill factor. Like, it's even colder than what the air temperature is. Throw USC into... At Rutgers in like December, right? And it'll be a different. It'll be an interesting story. Definitely, I'd have to say, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, mm-hmm. and probably I throw Ohio State in there just because their proximity to the Great Lakes. But I mean, those places I would say are probably going to be some of the tougher road matchups for those California teams, mm-hmm. especially if it is in the dead of winter. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the scheduling kind of aligns for all the West Coast teams to play in those November months. Like, I'm, I've, if I had to guess, all these Pac-12 teams are going to keep their fellow Pac-12 teams coming to the Big Ten, Big Ten, like, on their schedule. Yeah. Like, USC will always play UCLA, Oregon, and Washington. If I had to guess, that's how it's going to go. Yeah. Um, and then they'll add, what would it be, four out-of-conference games. On the other side here, like, for the teams already in the Big Ten. That's how I think it'll probably go. Um, just because they're already built-in rivalries. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's good for the Big Ten. They need that. And they're like like we talked about the rivalry games already. But it's only two rivalry games. So they'd have to add a third onto there. But I think at the end of the day, those teams are probably always going to play each other. Yep. Every season. Maybe some seasons one of them doesn't. But still at the same time. It's beneficial for the Big Ten. It's big beneficial for... The team's playing. Yeah. So. New rivalries are going to come up. Of course. I mean, I'm sure it's a matter of time before USC and Ohio State are. Well, I mean, that's sort of already a little bit of a rivalry with their history in the uh, the Rose Bowl. There's a bunch of those teams that, I mean, have kind of feuded in the Rose sure. Bowl. Oregon, Wisconsin have had several Rose Bowl matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, didn't – I'm trying to remember – who played in the Rose Bowl this year? Was it Penn State, Utah? I think it was Penn State, Utah. Well, um, Utah won the pack. Mm-hmm, so so definitely that puts them in. Yeah, it was Penn State. Yeah, Utah. I think it was Penn State. Um, which, I mean, Utah has been in the Rose Bowl two years in a row. People don't even talk about that. But it was I think it was because... I can't remember if the Pac-12 had a playoff representative two years ago. I know... Th- Whatever year COVID happened, Mm -hmm. Washington ended up having a big COVID outbreak on their team, Mm, and they had to withdraw, which put Oregon into the Rose Bowl or the. It was either the Rose Bowl or the Pac-12 championship game, Mm -hmm. and it was against USC. I just remember Oregon winning that game. I just remember that shootout with Ohio State and USC. In the Rose Bowl two years ago, that was crazy. That's where kind of Marvin Harrison Jr. came to life. Him and Chris Olave, who's now with the Saints. Um, I just don't remember how Utah. Cause I don't think Utah's won the Pac-12 two years in a row. Maybe they did, or maybe I don't know. But 
Something to keep an eye on with those rivalries yeah. with the Pac-12. But it's it, going to be fun. It's going to be mm-hmm. a new experience for everybody. So, I mean, time will tell. Yeah, and I'm sure things are going to happen by the day. So by the time we talk next, I'm sure somebody else is going to ha- going to move, whether it's Stanford and Cal or Washington State or Oregon State. Maybe some Big East teams move into the ACC. We'll see. But things are changing quick. Yeah. Because people are trying to do things before they fall behind. Yeah. That's what you're going to see. But I think it's going to be exciting for the Big Ten. I mean, probably the largest conference, and especially if they go up to 20. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That'll do it. I would say here on Rookie and the Vet, hit on everything with the realignment, how it's affecting the Big Ten, Big 12, SEC, ACC, I mean, Pac-12, you name it. Yeah. There's not a single conference, unless you're a mid-major, that isn't being affected by this. So uh, keep you up to date on our websites at foxillinois.com and abcnewschannel20.com with anything in realignment, basically with Illinois, how that will affect them with the Big Ten. We have a lot of stuff with that. But, um, yeah, that'll do it here on Working the Bat. Make sure to check us out on all podcast streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, you name it, or on YouTube. Check us out there. Um, always putting stuff up on the website as well with Illinois football, basketball, or even local high school sports. Who knows? You name it. Go check um, out Johnny Newton's dance moves. Oh, yeah, that Dante's too. Dante's got a video. That too. Oh, he, he was excited to be back. I mean, everybody's excited to be back oh, over yeah. there. Um, just I just can't wait to see the team in action, see what they got to offer. Um, kind of hearing from them day by day, get a little bit more excited to see what this group is gonna do. Yeah, but we got we got time. We got three or four weeks, I think. Well, we're um, into August now, so I know. I want to say about three. Yep, because September second, that's the first game against Toledo. Yep, Johnny Newton's going against his brother too. Speaking of Newton. Uh, he's a wide receiver for Toledo, so that'll be a fun. I talked to him about that at media day, kind just of. Throw him at corner for one play. I know, right? Just let him yeah. knock his brother around or he told, something. He told me he's got like 80 tickets he needs. He says he's <laughs> asking everybody for their free tickets because he's got a whole family coming, so that'll be exciting. But cool. Yeah, I mean, I'll do it here on Rookie and the Vet. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.